three, two, two one. one. Welcome back to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. Today we have a really awesome guest. His name's John. He's an energy healer, an actor, and just an all-around nice guy. So, John, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for letting me be here today with you all. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to get to share a little about myself and what I'm doing. Um, what was your question? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay. We want to know about John. Yeah, so just to... Um, I don't like to actually call myself an energy healer. I'm using the word energy facilitator or energy healing, energy um, healing practitioner, because I'm not a healer, you know, just to get that out of the way. Um, energy healing is a holistic modality that helps um, the body regenerate natural healing. Um, so, I'm not healing anyone. You know, I'm just the facilitator. I run the energy. Uh, I connect to higher source. And um, the energy comes through me to you, the practitioner, I mean, the client. And, um, you know, depending on what you want to work on when you come to see me for a session. Uh, so, the actual healer is you, the client. You're doing the healing. Got it. Yeah, I'll say when I uh, did my session with you that night, I slept better than I've slept in years. It it was amazing. That is great to hear. I, I've most everyone that I've worked with has said that to me, and that is one of the benefits. I do list that on my website, but I've gotten into the habit of not telling people that so that they can come back to me with that. And almost everybody comes back to me with that um, about the sleep, because that's the big noticeable effect uh, that they have during an energy healing session. Do you want to so plug what, your... Oh, sorry, go ahead, T-Rex. Um, I, I was just going to ask you, uh, do you want, how did you get into being a energy facilitator? So it was back in mid-January of 2020, right a few months before the pandemic started. Um, I quit my 33-year career with the federal government. Um, I was that probably uh, around 2014, I started noticing that I was being treated differently. And so I ended up filing a discrimination lawsuit um and i was also a whistleblower and that's all i'll go as far as i'll take that but um for those about five years the retaliation was immense um you know i stood up for myself for my two black co-workers female co-workers and my two asian female co-workers um, and just the, the retaliation was immense and it was just really taking a toll on me. And I, I've always known since I was a young boy that I had fairly strong intuition 
and I was on vacation in 2019 at the end of the year. Even while I was on vacation, they were retaliating against me. And it just, I got this click and I heard it within me and I knew that it was time to go, that I had to go. Um, so I decided I'm quitting. And I told them two weeks later, I, gave, I was on a Wednesday and I said, I'm leaving on Friday. Um, and as a result of that, you know, I, I, I decided I had, I've been saving money through my 401k. I had a lot of money in there that I had been saving since my 20s. So I could live off of that until my pension kicks in at the end of this year. So that's what I've been doing the last three years. Um, and, but I don't have any healthcare because when I left, I didn't, you know, you don't get healthcare in the, in this country is <laughs> not, mm-hmm. unfortunately it's not tied to your job, but I've, I've been in great health most of my life. I have a rent control apartment that I was going to, um, do this for me. And my goal was to take a year off and then find another job. But the last, before I quit, so in 2019 and then 2020 and the pandemic hit, those two years were the worst years for me. What I was going through, I felt like I was hanging on by a thread. Um, and I had, uh, during that time that was happening, a coworker had told me about this meditation app called Insight Timer, the free meditation app. I had tried meditation in the past and I was just too antsy. I just couldn't quiet my mind to do it. So I gave it up and never, never went back. And so during that time, I was felt really desperate, like I was willing to do anything. So I started meditating. It was probably around 2017, 2018. And, and I was just doing it when I was, when I would wake up before going to work because I was just so stressed out every day. I was, really suffering. Um, My life had become going to work, coming home, eating. I was just like stuck in this rut. And it was mostly, you know, the thoughts in my head. And so I started noticing the change just by that meditation early in the morning. But during the first year of the pandemic, I had stopped, you know, because I felt like I was hanging on a by a thread. And I thought what I had was psoriasis started to happen a few years prior, and it was getting bad. And so I just happened to, you know, look up online, how to heal psoriasis, because they didn't have healthcare. And I have read like, there's no cure. They don't know why this happened. Meditate. I was like, I haven't been meditating. This is probably in September, October of 2020. So I started back meditating. And at that time, right a few months beforehand, Inside Timer, because of the pandemic, they started having live sessions with teachers, meditating teachers. So I really immensed myself in meditating because we, you know, we were all shut down, not going out anywhere. And I was attending these five, six, seven live sessions a day and really meditating a lot. And I just started noticing the shifts happening in my mind, in my body, um, with that much meditation. And so I, it was probably February of 2021, I had 
somewhat of a spiritual awakening and that I realized that a lot of my issues, um, being an adult child of, of an alcoholic, my mother was an alcoholic growing up, and my core wound was, is abandonment, my fear of abandonment. So I started tend, gravitating to a lot of inner child, um, inside timer lives, focusing on that, and one of them was an energy healing um, that I had been attending for six months before I decided to do it, because I just started feeling things through these live sessions that I watched over over the phone, and I thought, this is, this is quite amazing that, uh, you know, doing this group energy healing with strangers from all over the world, and I'm feeling stuff. I'm starting to feel it work. Um, so I went, they talked about the classes they had, so I went on their website, and one of the things that really um, drew me to Field Dynamics Healing to take their classes was about um, diving deep into yourself, into your personal, finding out who you are in a way. They didn't specifically say that, but I like that, this, this is what this is what I need to do, so um so I took their classes. I did a one-year training um, and got certified last year. Um, and it's just, it it has, what I have found with energy healing is that it has accelerated my healing and my growth more than any other modality that I have ever tried in my entire life. That's kind of a big, long explanation. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's great. Um, do you want to plug your um, your website and your services? Sure. My, I'm called Johnergy Healing, J-O-H-N-E-R-G-Y, johnergy.com. You can find me on my website. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful, um, holistic modality. And it has, because... You'll read about it on my website, but what I like to say is, you know, everything is energy. And so energy healing is we work, we all have around us uh, a field, an energy field, about seven or eight layers around us. And a lot of people can see it. My teacher is one of them. I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet, hopefully. Um, um, and so you, if you're, Having a lot of like blocks within your system, you may feel something is off, you know, kind of a lot of things in life can cause you blocks. You know, if you have unprocessed emotions where you're stuffing things down with which, you know, inner child work, you do that because, you know, you're growing up. Most parents don't teach you how to deal with your emotions because they themselves don't know how to deal with your emotions. So when you're as a for me, as an inner child, and the work that I've done is stuffing those emotions down. And I've had, just, in the past two years, just tremendous, tremendous healing with all of that. A uh, quick question. That's pretty yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. <laughs> okay. No, no, you go. Um, so your last job to where you are now, how long of, how much time was that? How long has it been? It's been... Three and a half years, January in 2020 is when I left. And then your first year out, because you mentioned you set like a, a time frame for yourself. Well, I'll, I'll uh, do this for a year. And was that really to discover and self-heal from like your previous employment? Or what was the goal of 
having that first year off? You know, the the interesting thing was uh, I've I've done a lot of spiritual work and therapy throughout my you know most of my life, especially in my early twenties. Um, and so I've always known to ask, what is the spiritual reason this is happening to me for me to learn something? And for five years, I constantly asked myself, why is this all this work drama happening? And I could never find a reason spiritually that it was happening. And it wasn't until I really dedicated myself to my meditation practice before I started the energy healing studying that is like oh i have to heal this core wound of abandonment that 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 is why i have to heal that stuff um i really have to confront it because i i i went i've done so much therapy on it i went to al-anon for seven years you know in my 20s all my relationships were with alcoholics and or a drug addicts and like so I learned a lot there, but I never really kind of confronted that inner child stuff. And then, and I, then I started um, in my 20s. I also studied The Course in Miracles very intently for three years. I dabbled in some Buddhism. Um, and it, ju it just... I found those all those practices to be very healing and help me spiritually and then i kind of got away from all of that in my late 30s to 40s and i always had to just have this overwhelming feeling regarding the abandonment i'm just going to have to live with it mm. and i've had in december was when i had the greatest healing of my life i've had lots of small healings around that the past two years um, but it's, you know, I've been able to do that with the self-practice that I do on myself with the energy healing and really getting to those energy blocks in my system and making space for myself for healing to occur. Because when you remove those blocks out of your energy system, that's when I start getting insights. You know, they just, uh, most of my insights come to me because I walk in nature every day. That was one of the things that I started to do at the beginning of the pandemic was walking, hiking every day. Um, and because I'm able to commune with nature as a Taurus and earth sign, uh, I find nature very healing. Are you, when you're on your hikes, are you actively practicing anything or are you really just in the moment and observing what's around you? You know, I do, uh, when I'm hiking, most of the time, that's when I listen to podcasts. But I also do a lot of praying. Mm. I'm I get in I get in a moment in in a space of awe with nature. Uh, that's where all of my um, spirit animals have come to me over the last two years. Because while I was also while I studied um, um, energy healing, I also studied shamanism. Uh, beside that, for a year as well, and and that was life changing as well. So I do a lot of praying. I go. I have a special tree that I go to that I hug, and I do a lot of praying there. Um, so I do a lot of things on those hikes. Gotcha. And so this, it sounds like, and maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like this worked for you, and you want to be able to share yeah. that with others. I 
I haven't attended one of your sessions yet, but as you're talking, I'm I'm thinking of a moment, which maybe that's what it was, me like letting go of energy and, you know, cleansing myself in a way. And um, I had to confront somebody in my family about something that happened in the past. And I, I guess I should reword that. It wasn't that I had to. It was I was I found myself uh, in a moment where I couldn't avoid it anymore. You know, like I couldn't um, I didn't want it to be a part of my everyday life or existence. So I confronted it. And as soon as that happened, it was almost like immediately like a block got lifted. And it was from that point forward. I haven't ever felt the way I used to before. Like, I'm like, oh, like I could let it go. I could breathe. I can just keep moving on. Um, so that's what I'm comparing what you're what you're talking to is just that feeling of relief and, and removing some of that negative energy out and yes, kind of taking in positive. Absolutely. And, and energy healing, the practice that I work with, we deal with what's called a field first model. So whatever happens to you in life, happens in your energy field first outside of your body and then that energy just if what's is above you is called your tube torus like a donut shape above your head in your energy field and it goes down inside your body in your root chakra i mean from your crown to your root chakra and along your um your spine is called the central channel where your chakra is the chakras are your main energy points within your energy field in your body. So all those emotions, that energy, that unresolved stuff, and we stuff it all down. Mm -hmm. And that's where it can possibly affect you emotionally, spiritually, and physically, you know, kind of a body, mind, spirit modality. I, I'll tell you, when I had when I had my session with you, like, I, I could feel like just I felt different, right? Like I felt like these competing factors that, you know, hence the name of the, sh the podcast shit that goes on our on in our heads. I just felt some of that like melt away, and I I am scheduling another session soon. But it it was really like I hadn't felt that before. And yes, I go to therapy, and I I get great relief from that. But this was a different kind of relief. And I, it, it was just an interesting feeling for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah, so one of and, and one of the things that a great thing to um, to share with people and your listeners is because we did our session over Zoom, right? Right. Um, so people think that it, you know it's a, it's a distance healing. People may think, oh, well, how am I going to feel that over the computer over Zoom? And so what? distance healing does is so I'm here in San Francisco, California, on my computer and Zoom with you during our session, you're uh, upper state New York. So from we, even though we're not in the same room, we're still creating an energy field between us. So that energy field from me in California to you in New York over 2000 miles, that's a big energy field that we get to work with for healing to occur for you. Um, and that's, that's the amazing, amazing thing. I've had numerous people say to me, how did you do that over Zoom? You know, it's just, I'm just running energy. We're working with higher source, you know, so I'm not really doing anything except running energy. 
So, but it's an amazing, amazing thing. Recently, I was on with um, colleagues. We do group sit quite a bit, and there was four of us in one and this one particular one a few weeks ago. And there was a new graduate, and she lived in um, Australia. So that was the first time I've ever had someone that far away. They were so it was from the west coast to the east coast and up in. Um, England, and then all the way to Australia. And that was one of the most powerful sessions I have ever been part of. Just that expanse of energy, that field between all of us. It, it was it was amazing experience. What has been um, the biggest thing you've learned in, in this journey? Um, I was a little naive when I thought like, okay, yes, I'm going to focus on my core wound of abandonment. Yes, that, that is, I feel that's something that runs through, through me. And, and then I started doing that. But what I realized was with the experience that I've been going through the last two years, I'm delving deep into myself to getting to know myself. And just doing that is uprooting everything in my life. I thought that most of my relationships with my friends were had were fairly secure. And I've learned that 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 they were not. Um, and as I shared briefly, I had the biggest healing experience in my life in December. And as a result of that, I've lost most of my friends are now gone. And especially my core circle that I thought was my circle of friends. And I, cause I naively believed that my relationships were okay and that they, they actually were not, um, and a lot of that doesn't really have to do with them. It's me. I, you know, I learned about a lot of my issues around people pleasing, the abandonment, and like my around the abandonment, my core wound. The other fear is if I tell you how I feel, you're going to leave me. That's kind of what is underneath that abandonment. So I started, you know, through all this healing I've been doing, I've been speaking up. And when you're going through these changes, I know I've known that this has happened to me before. When you're going through changes, people don't like it when you change. <laughs> they, they, they like the, who they're, they get this idea of who you are. And that's how we, you know, interact with people mostly, right? So it was just the naive, naivety of thinking that only this part needed to change. And, it's my entire life has wow. been uprooted and changed, you know? Yeah. Everything. And you mentioned And that's that. been the sad part, too. That's been, you know, there's a lot of grief around that. Letting go of that, that group of friends? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, you mentioned that you do uh, meditation. Is it just quiet or is there a specific kind so when I first started meditating, I did guided meditations. Um, I was doing them a lot. And through the process of 
the energy healing, I've gotten away from doing um, guided meditations. And I'm just doing mostly energy work. And, and it, energy work is a form of meditation. You're sitting in a meditative state with your eyes closed and you're, you're going within yourself and kind of what we call it the witness, establishing the witness, watching what's going on inside of you and trying not to put judgment on it. You know, that's the, that's the most uh, um, beneficial thing I think of meditation is quieting the mind. And it's the same with energy healing. You, you, you know, try to quiet the mind. Um, so I'm not doing, um, for over a year now, I've not done guided meditations. But if I, I highly recommend if you've never done meditation before and you want to try it to help quiet the mind, then start with guided meditations. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a person who struggles to just sit there and... <laughs> I know it's more than just sitting there, but like I'm, I'm always in my own brain and in my own mind. And um, the one successful time I had with meditation was a guided one because I think it helped me focus on what somebody was saying. So it wasn't completely leaving me to my own shit that goes on in my head. <laughs> yeah. And to be able to listen and, and kind of dive into that world was pretty cool. Um, so how long do your energy healing sessions normally run? A session is, a session is only 50 minutes. Um, um, and the other thing about energy healing for if someone wants to try it, give it a try. Energy healing is not talk therapy. You know, I, when you come to a session, I'll ask you some questions, you know, to see what's going on with you. If you know what you want to work on, what's bothering you. And I'll, you know, frame some questions around that and where it feels in your body and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not it's not, you know, like traditional talk therapy. It's very different. Um, and, and I will say a lot of people who, who may feel fidgety around um, just regular meditation, numerous people, and I think, um, G-Rex, you may have experienced this too, that they didn't, during an energy healing session, they didn't get fidgety. They didn't, they noticed that the fidginess went away that, you know, that they may experience that they were it's almost like putting someone under in a mm. way, you know, because it, you really feel the energy that I'm running. You feel it coursing through your energy field. Yeah. When I did it, I was um, in my office sitting in my office chair. The next time I do it, I'm going to do it from my bed because I, I feel like, I'll probably just go to sleep. I was gonna say. I I I, I I'm gonna tell you though, it was like the coolest feeling in the world. I felt so refreshed after the session. It it, it healed me from like the inside out, and um, it's a lot different than talk therapy. But I I highly recommend it, man. I I. I'm telling you, I've, I've done a lot of different stuff in my life. I'm a lot like you, Dirty Skittles. I have a hard time with meditation because the problem with me is like, ooh, there's a squirrel. You know, I have a little ADHD going on in my head. So um, doing doing the session with John it was so much different, and I really loved it. I It was like it's something that I want to add to my modality of my, my own healing that I need to do for myself. Yeah. Um, I have a, I don't know if this is a weird question, um, but John, how does it feel for you 
when you're in an energy session and you're working with someone, do you feel anything? Is it, I don't know. So what, what I've noticed for me and because with energy healing, you're, you're using your intuition and you're also using your ESP. We all have ESP, right? It's extra, extra sensory perception. And mine, my, what I get is um, clear, what's called clairsentient. I feel a lot going on in my body. You know, you may have clear audience, which is you hear things, which sometimes happens for me, or clear voyant when you see visions. I, a lot of my um, colleagues that I studied with, they get visions. You know, sometimes I get that. It's very rare that I get that, um, the clear audience and the clear voyant. I'm more clairsentient, so I'm feeling things in my body, um, and and I, you know, if I I may check in with you to see if you're feeling that, or you tell me that you're feeling something going on, you know, and then it can all all do with your chakras too. You feel things in your in your different chakras, um, so that that's mainly for me what happens is, is the clairsentient, and what I would expand upon that. I learned that at a very young age. I was very aware without, you know, I couldn't identify it at then, you know, having an alcoholic mother, you know, you, when you, you could feel the energy when you go into the room, you could feel that your mother was upset, you know, like, so I was very tuned in to how I was feeling and how the other person was feeling. Um, so that's kind of how I toned or tuned my clairsentience that goes on with me, if that makes sense. <laughs> it it does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious if, like, do you do anything afterwards just to make sure you're taking care of yourself since you're helping so much? Uh, well, like I tell everyone um, at an end of a session, you can, it's best to, you know, if you're able to go outside, you have a yard, take a walk in nature, put your feet on the ground, lie down on the ground, let your entire, all your chakras go on to Mother Earth. You could take um, a shower. Um, water is very good for cleansing energy. Um, you know, you could flick it off your body if, you, if you're feeling it. Um, I haven't felt too intense. Um, when I have sessions with people yet, um, um, but um, I get a lot of the cleansing um, in nature. Man, could you have ever imagined you would be doing this? Never. This, there was <laughs> never a goal because I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do after I quit my job, but I trusted my intuition, you know, it's a good story that because I started taking those walks and I started feeling, I just, you know, I just felt so good taking those walks every day. And I kept saying to myself, I don't have to go back to work. And when I would say that my whole body would, it, it would release, I would feel calm. And how I was doing that every day just to make it, I was so on edge and so wound up with stress um, that I would do it every day. And, and I listened to myself, you know, I trusted myself and I trusted my intuition and I listened to that voice 
I don't have to go back to work. And I listen to the feeling in my body. And because I listened to it, it brought me, you know, I can go the, all the synchronicity to the steps that got me here, the, all that needed to happen. And it was trusting the in intuition to do that. Yeah, intuition is strong. I feel like people don't listen to it the way that they should all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's cool. Like, I'm I'm happy for you. I mean, I, I wasn't there along the side while you were going through whatever it was that you were going through. But I think that that's such an important message to trust your intuition. And and ultimately, you're doing what makes you happy, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's still a discovery. You know, I still have lost or learn. I still have, you know, want to do different things with it, learn other more things and you know, go into more of it. So we'll, we'll see where it takes me. Yeah. What, what do you want to do next or what are, what's next on your list? Um, you, you know, kind of right. I I'm building my practice. Um, I want to, I want to start doing like you, you, you see a lot of like, I recently went back to Instagram. I think that's how G-Rex found me. Um, and, um, I want to start doing some, um content but i don't want to do a lot of content you know some of the people the teachers that i see they're doing constant content two three times a day every day and i don't want to do that i know that i don't want to be a big content creator i'm still having going through some imposter syndrome stuff with that um i want to start doing some group healings you know with people offering that you know so i'm kind of slowly taking it you know, because I get a pension coming, you know, it's not going to be enough to live off of, but it's going to pay the rent and everything. Um, you know, so I'm going to start proctoring soon, you know, to bring in some extra money and then, you know, doing my um, energy healing practice. It's, it's funny. That. It's funny how you talk about imposter syndrome. So, you know, I just went back to work, right? And I, I have a little bit of that imposter syndrome going on myself. And I um, I talked to my therapist about it. You know, it's, it's a normal feeling, right? Like I took four yeah. months off to just heal, right? And Dirty Skills and I were talking about this the other day. Like in those four months, like I got to just let go, right? I didn't, I wasn't on call. I didn't have people coming to me and asking me for questions. I didn't have to check email. I got to work on a passion project that I absolutely love. And it's funny, you know, my wife said, I spend more time on the podcast than I ever did working at my my job for 15 years, right? It, it's because I really like doing it. I, mm -hmm. I love this. It's, it is the, it's making a difference in people's lives. And um, something that my therapist said to me yesterday, and it, it kind of just touched my heart. She's like, I hope that when I'm, at, when I'm 60, that I have as much passion and joy and can bring as much laughter into people's lives that you do. Because she's like, when she sees me, I, I just light up the room. I, I, I was telling Dirty Skittles that, you know, I finally am starting to see myself the way that all of you see me, right? Like it, it took me a long time. And now going back into the workforce, I'm, I'm excited because 
I have, I still have a little bit to give, right? I have a lot of stuff in my head. I want to give to somebody else. And I, I want the next generation to, you know, be successful and, and take the, the lessons that I've learned and kind of run with them. But like my, my other question for you, John, is that I know you're an actor too, right? I, yeah. I looked at your, I, your IMBD. And so I kind of wanted to find out like how that is for you and, with all this crazy strike and stuff going on and how that all played into your, your career and your life. Yeah. So um, I've been an actor my entire life. When I was very young, um, I was creative in everything. I acted, I danced, I sang, I was in band, I did arts and crafts, you know, like every artistic thing you could do when you were younger, I did it. And then when family stuff, started happening a lot of that kind of got squelched I believe for myself but I always stuck and chose the acting um so that started for a very young age for me um um but I started working with the I moved out of my house when I was 16 um and kind of my, the way my family dynamic was there wasn't even though there was provided for us, there was no emotion, emotions stuff there. Like, you want to go to college? Okay, we'll do that. You know, like, I didn't know anything about college. Like, grew up poor. Um, I had no one helping me with that. I moved out to live with my aunt. And um, so right after I graduated high school, my mother, who worked for the government, she had gotten sober when I was 16. And so I took the test to you know, civil service test to work for the government. And um, I started that at 18. And then at 21, um, I was in a relationship with this guy. I had come out when I was 18 as well. And I moved to San Francisco um, when I was 21 years old at, in 1988, which is a very different time. Um, there's a lot of death around um, during the height of the AIDS. And, but I started going to City College in San Francisco, taking acting courses, taking private acting courses, and um, started doing a lot of stage stuff, you know, always hoping, you know, to make it big. That was always my dream, you know, be a big, famous, rich movie star, right? Um, and numerous times in my life uh, when I... Uh, I was like, okay, it's time to move to LA because that's where all the action is. But I could just never leave San Francisco. Um, so I got my first agent when I was 30. Um, they closed down a few months after I was with them. And then I've been with the same agent ever since. I've had the same agent for 26 years. Um, a lot of stuff isn't filmed in San Francisco, um, especially if you're, you know, movies or television, if you they have a speaking part they need. They bring people from L.A. Um, they don't um, cast local actors and a lot of stuff here. So I was still, you know, I was getting cast and stuff. I was still young. You know, when you're young, that's <laughs> that's when you're most castable. Um, and doing some commercials, some print ads, doing industrials, you know, working not regularly, but, you know, doing a lot. And then... In 2015, um, when they were going to do a movie, the second movie on Steve Jobs, 
uh, based on the Walter Isaacson book on Steve Jobs. Um, they uh, um, filmed the entire thing here in San Francisco and in the South Bay of San Francisco as well. And so uh, my agent sent me an audition for that movie and I had wanted it to, I really wanted to be in that movie. And I was like, I don't think I'm right for this part. You know, mm -hmm. like the guy had long hair who I was going to audition for. And, you know, I went to the casting director and then I see people dressing like him and like, okay, I, I, you know, the stuff going on in your head when you're sitting in an audition room. So I went in, did my audition and I always bring my glasses because you know, when you do audition stuff, they kind of want to get a few different takes and a few different ways of doing it. And I said, how about with my glasses? Because this character wore glasses. And they said, sure. And so I did the audition and fine left. It all went fine. I usually do very well auditions, but I feel good. Because any any time that I leave an audition, I'll say to myself, what did I just learn You know, from my training um, as an actor, I asked myself, what did I just learn at that audition? And I felt, you know, pretty good about it. And, and a few days later, my agent called and I got the part in the Steve Jobs movie to play Mike Markala, who was the chief investor of Apple and their second CEO. It's a small part, um, but it was a dream come true. And I it all happened so very quickly. I only had one audition, which was amazing to me. I had to go down to the set for fittings like immediately. And then I was like on set the next day. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the next few, a few days after. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, in total, I was on set four days. It was an amazing experience for me. Um, I loved every minute of it, every minute of it. And it was a dream come true, you know, so dreams do come true. But, you know, when that movie premiered was when my work start, started getting really bad in 2015. Um, so after I got the movie, I had a, I was started looking for agents in LA and I went down for a few meetings and stuff and thought maybe I could do that. I know a few people here who do that commute back and forth. I thought, okay, I'll do that. But it's very, very expensive to do that. And so then that is just the work stuff took hold. So I stopped looking for agents there down in LA. And that's kind of just when I went into the tailspin of my life to where I am today. Um, but I haven't worked in, I haven't worked since I got the movie because a lot isn't filmed here in San Francisco because now I'm in the SAG after union and you can only do union work because mm. I, I was trying to focus on that. So I haven't worked in the past eight years doing any acting. You know, I still get sent on stuff every now and then, but, um, uh, but now we're on strike. So, <laughs> so I stand in solidarity with the, my union in LA and New York who are striking. Uh, we, we do some stuff here locally as well, which I've part, uh, taken in as well and has been great. Did you ever watch the show Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton? Oh, I loved that show. Yeah. Yeah. So G-Rex, what about you? Did you ever watch it? Always. I, I loved that show. So do you want to run through those questions that he asks at the end? Oh, James Lipton's yes. questions. That yes. would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt it felt right in this moment. 
So we'll start so with So this you. is a dream come true, is too. Is I had always envisioned sitting there with James Lipton. I love those questions okay, that he here, asked Okay, here people. they are. Here they are. <laughs> what is your favorite word? My favorite word is grace. Grace. And I think grace is something that you can't describe, but you know it when you see it. I get it. Do you want to do you want to chime in, G-Rex? What's your favorite word? So, what's my favorite word? My favorite word is humble. Humble. I like these. Because in in life as you get older, you become way more humble about things that happen in your life. And I am very humble right now. Okay. Next question. What is your least favorite word? I don't. I don't think I can say it. On, on what? Re okay. <laughs> well, you can spell it. See you next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. And what about you, John? What's your least favorite word? I would say, um, panty. <laughs> oh my gosh! Me too. <laughs> me too. It just sounds aggressive, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, I love working in groups with people. Um, over my life, you know, being on different uh, board of directors and stuff, I or in creative, I love the group feeling of working together because I feed off the energy of other people. Makes sense. What about you, G-Rex? I'm going to say it, it's a couple of things. Nature being one. Um, I get a lot of creativity when I, I'm working or if I'm just sitting out in my backyard. And um, the other one is uh, being around friends. Um, I'm a true extrovert, so I, I need people around me to just bounce ideas off. So, Okay, next question. G-Rex, what turns you off? Hey. What about you, John? Probably fighting, arguments, fighting. Got I it. find it very triggering. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Uh, okay, next question. What is your favorite curse word? John, you're first. Probably shit is what I use the most. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, G-Rex? Fuck. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, what sound or noise do you love? I love um, ocean waves and or rain. I use I use on Inside Timer. There's an eight hour rain um, thing that I use to go to sleep every night, and I just find, even though I'm not a huge water person. I just find the sound of water very soothing. Uh, for me, it is the sound of snow brushing through the trees. Um, mm. If you get up early enough here in the mornings on, a, on the day that it snows, you can hear the snow brushing through the trees. It's it's eerie, but like a, like a very calming feeling. Very cool. What sound or noise do you hate? 
Uh, anybody that scratches their fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Makes sense. What about you, John? Um, I probably go back to the yelling again, even though I sometimes yell and I was brought up in a yelling family. That's how we communicated was yelling, but it does, it does, it's triggering to me. All right. What profession other than your own do you want to attempt? I would love to be a rock star, a pop star. It's kind of another thing that I always wanted to do. Nice. What about you, G-Rex? I would like to be a full-time mentor, uh, especially to disadvantaged adults and kids. That's nice. I can see that. What profession would you not want to do? I don't want to be a trash man. <laughs> I don't want to be an, account- an accountant. Anything to do with math. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, and then the last question, which is arguably one of my favorites of this, is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I've loved this question, and I've always had an answer for it, and it was welcome home, John. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone. <laughs>